Thanks so much for joining us for the latest installment of the VentureFizz LinkedIn Live series. Today, we're going to be talking about a very important topic, which is the great resignation. You've been hearing a lot of buzz about it. It's in the media. It's all over LinkedIn. There's been some great commentary. Actually, yesterday, yesterday Taylor Rowe from Wistia had a great post about it with a ton of comments and ton of feedback. So uh, this is a topic that's very meaningful right now. And it's a topic that is also going to shape the future of work which is exactly the topic that we're gonna discuss today. So uh, just as a quick intro, my name is Keith Klein. I am the founder of VentureFizz. Uh, we are a leading employment branding and recruitment website focused on the tech industry. So we help companies build up your brand through our company pages, job listings, and content. And that content side is so important in terms of building up your employment brand. Uh, it's you know telling the story of your company, your people, and your culture. It's hard to do, takes a lot of time. But with VentureFizz, it's easy to do because you can actually get it uh, in our, our playbook. And so we have the whole flow of the content that's going to help you build up all those valuable assets. So anyways, uh, I'm going to bring in our guest. And uh, I am so grateful that Misha Ann has been able to join us here. Hi, Keith. Thanks hey, for Misha having me. Thanks so much. Thanks so much. This is great. I appreciate you taking the time here. So um, Misha Ann is the director of people analytics at WorkHuman. So uh, she is an expert around all the data that they've been collecting about this important topic, plus mm -hmm. lots of other uh, items in terms of how we can hopefully reduce the impact on your core business as it relates to turnover. So to kick things off, um, why don't you introduce yourself in terms of uh, your background and what you do at WorkHuman? Sure, so to start off, my name is Misha Ann and I am an industrial organizational psychologist. So I specialize in human behavior at work. I have a PhD in that field and I specialize in people analytics and employee experience. So essentially what I do and I do at WorkHuman is using data to quantify how people experience work and also to identify areas where people aren't experiencing work as positively and give organizations opportunities to improve that and prove that that helps individuals thrive and that it helps businesses thrive as well. Very cool. That's an awesome, awesome field of study. And it's great how you've been able to parlay that in terms of uh, work human. So what, what, if people aren't familiar with the company work human, what is what, what do you do? So we are pioneering the human workplace through human centered technology. And if you think about the HR technologies of yesteryear, they were designed to do the things and to enable processes like, you know, the performance review or I-9s. And we take a different approach to that. Our technology allows people to do things, but it's thoughtfully designed to allow them to accomplish things in a way that connects them to their coworkers. So our technology allows, for example, for people to appreciate each other at work. It allows them to celebrate work accomplishments and human accomplishments like buying a house and having a baby or getting a puppy. And it also allows people to talk to each other. So individuals to their managers, to their teams, set priorities, get feedback. So our technology allows people to thank each other, celebrate each other, the whole human, and talk to each other. Very, very cool. Okay, Mishan, let, let's get to know you a little bit better. Some rapid fire questions. Sure. Okay, if you 
ended up on a desert island. What are three albums that you must have? Okay, okay, okay. All right. So in order to accept the situation of me being on a desert island, I'm going to go with the dulcet tones of Miss Lauren Hill and the miseducation of Lauren Hill. I anticipate I'm going to feel some angst about being on a desert island. You know, humans have feelings. So for that, I'm going to go with the queen of angst, Alanis Morissette and Jagged Little Pill. And then I'm going to mm-hmm. need to get off that island, Keith. You know, I can't just sit in acceptance and angst. So I'm going to need some hype up. So I'm going to go with Dance Hall for that one. And I'm going to go with Buja Banton's first album, Miss Dimension. So those are my three. Got it. Okay. <laughs> those are three amazing albums. I'll say. Like uh, the first two, I'm very familiar with. The last one, not as much, but I definitely want to check it out. But the first two, oh, absolutely crazy. So, um, Let's get into the topic. All right. So the great resignation, the -hmm. whole topic we're going to talk about, like the great resignation will shape the future of work. So what is the great resignation? Like, what is this term that we keep hearing about in the media? And it's just, you know, all over the place. Like, what is it actually like the definition of it? I'm going to talk about it in a couple of ways. And the first way I want to talk about it is by referencing the numbers. So according to a survey that WorkHuman did earlier this year, and actually it was just a, it's just a couple of months old, so really, really recent, four in 10 people are looking to leave their current employment in the next 12 months. The Bureau of Labor Statistics is telling us that this is already happening. So 2.9% of the workforce voluntarily quit their jobs uh, in August. And this is the highest number, monthly number that we've seen in 10 years. So by the numbers, lots of people are either leaving or thinking to leave their current employment. When you look at it from the human level, though, I feel like it's individuals saying, hey, I'm not getting what I need out of my current situation, and I'm going to seek something else because I want something else, but also because people are leaving and there are now more openings, there's an opportunity for me to get myself into a better situation. And it's such a like massive thing, right? Like we've gone through so much over the past year yeah. and you know, with the pandemic or year, I mean, geez, it's been a year and a half and over. So like the great resignation, like this obviously really matters, but like, like why is it impacting now? Like, why is it such a topic that everyone's talking about? Like, why does it matter? What, you know, why are companies thinking about this? Why should companies be concerned? Yeah. So, you know, when people leave the workplace, things happen. We're very used to talking about the dollar value associated with turnover and it's 1.5 times the cost of salary. So one of the reasons it's going to matter is because it's going to cost businesses a lot. Right. But then I like to take things down to the human element as well. When you have a team and one person leaves, then other people have to cover the work of that person. You know, that's additional stress um, for people who are already stressed out by things that are happening in the, in the environment. Um, think about things like your recruiting team that's going to be overburdened or um, the specialty agencies that you have to hire to, um, to replace people who have left. The additional benefits that you have to offer in terms of keeping people and attracting people. So it's just a lot of things for businesses to think about and also a high cost tag as well. 
Yeah, no, it's so important. Now, WarCube has been very active doing a lot of research and yes. sorting through data about this topic. So you recently conducted a survey that, you know, interviewed, you know, or polled thousands of, of mm-hmm. individuals. So what were the details on this? Like, what was the foundation of the purpose of the survey? And what, what, what did you discover? Yeah, so we pride ourselves on being, you know, experts in the world of work. Our database of all these human moments that I talked about before, you know, we've got over 6 million moments in our database at any given time. And so that allows us to kind of understand what's happening in the world of work, but we're, we're not satisfied with that, right? So we do surveys like the one that you're referencing to augment our understanding and give the world data that they need to know to think about what's going to happen next. So we pride ourselves on being at the forefront of work trends. So that's the motivation. What did we find? We got a lot of insights in terms of what organizations can do in order to keep people around, keep people engaged, and also the kinds of things that turn coworkers into community as well. Now, another part for this was the, like the Bureau of Labor also has been doing a lot of research as they should. Uh, so, so what are some of the data that the Bureau of, of Labor has been uh, sharing out there? Yeah, so the Bureau of Labor Statistics, you know, they focus a lot on the numbers. And so they're very good at telling us what's happening. And according to their data, more people are leaving their organization than ever have before. The supplemental data, like the surveys that we do, are important for helping people understand why this is happening. And so according to our data, the reason that this is happening is because people are looking for additional flexibility, They're looking for a better culture. They're looking for more money and a better job title and better relationships with their managers. Yeah, so so let's unpack that a little bit. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, the pandemic, people all of a sudden were working remotely. They're working from home. And they realized, I can still do my job effectively from a remote environment, yet not, uh, you know, have to go in the office and, you know, I can, uh, you know, pick up my kids from school or whatever they needed to do and have that flexibility yet still get their tasks done. Right. So, so like, how is that flexibility piece kind of come into the equation here of, uh, what employees are expecting? Yeah, I think, you know, the pandemic forced a lot of us to go inwards and think about what we really wanted our lives to look like. A lot of us also got a taste of the benefits of flexibility, right? And I think what people are wanting more of now is the best of both worlds. So I think most people want hybrid working. They want to go into the office sometimes and see people and collaborate, but also have all the benefits that we learned about um, during COVID. The ability to walk into your kitchen and make yourself a healthy lunch or spend time with the kids or not have to deal with a gnarly commute. So I think those are some of the things that um, people are looking for. Also, according to our sample, 65% of people that said they were intending to look for a new job were parents. So that suggests to me that we haven't really been as supportive to parents as we need to. So I think that's something that we need to think more about as we move forward is how can we help parents in the workplace, you know, fulfill their parental duties and spend time with their kids, but also, you know, be part of the organizational community. 
Yeah. And it's like, I think people finally realize like, you know, um, like Taylor's post that I mentioned earlier on LinkedIn was like, you know, to summarize, this isn't an exact phrase that he said, but it's like, you know, people realize that um, it isn't all about the work. It's about life first, then work. And I think people finally figured that out. It's like, you know what? Your career is amazing and you should be on a trajectory, but uh, you know, life is the part that really matters when you kind of boil it down. So if you could be able to combine a great working environment and a great, you know, life where you're just not like constantly commuting for hours on end to go into an office yet still collaborate on Zoom or going to the office periodically. Um, mm -hmm. so, 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 so how has this affected culture though? Like any thoughts on the culture piece of like the, um, you know, the pandemic and, you know, this great resignation, like, like, like what type of culture's impact has it there been? Yeah, I think the events of the last uh, year and a half has shown us that there is a higher bar for culture than there, than there used to be. So we've been doing a lot of work around psychological safety, which refers to people feeling like they can be themselves and be authentic and speak up and contribute. What happens is when times are chaotic and times are stressful, it takes a certain level of vulnerability to be able to say, hey, I'm not okay. I need a break and ask for support rather than completely withdrawing. We saw a lot of data out there about women withdrawing from the workforce. You know, that has to do with the chaos and stress and not getting what you need out of a culture. So now that we've learned those lessons, we need to think about what do we need to do to improve culture in our organizations and psychological safety and the climate created by managers and leaders. That's a big, important first step, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. Now, the job market's super uh, aerated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's it's very like there's lots of opportunities, which is a good thing. We want there to be lots of jobs where if you told me last March and April that there would be this crazy amount of growth for companies that are hiring, they can't find people. So there's endless opportunities out there, which is a great thing. Uh, but if you told me that last March and April, I'd be like, Ooh, this could be a really rough time, but companies rebounded very quickly and figured out how to adjust to, you know, keeping business going and growing. Yes. So yes. Uh, I would expect that salaries have been impacted significantly too, where, you know, you said, you know, people may be looking for an increase in salary. So if they've been yes. kind of stagnant, you know, those opportunities are there because it's a competitive mm -hmm. market. Yes. So I think salary is a, is a base need, right? It's a dissatisfier, but not a satisfier. So first things first, you know, you need to pay people competitively, especially since the market is aerated. That's what I like to call it. But the reality of it is if there are companies out there that are offering fully remote, and we know that that is happening more than it's ever happened before, then there are lots more opportunities for people to consider. So first of all, salary needs to be competitive. But knowing that you're not going to be the only company offering a competitive salary, right? What are the other culture things you can offer on top of that to keep people at your organization rather than, than another organization? So start with salary, right? But then also think on top of that about the things that engage. 
I was talking to our CHRO, Steve Pemberton, and he said something that really stuck with me. He said, organizations are going to need to start recruiting their own employees. And I think that that is absolutely true. Yeah, I mean, for we're going to talk about retention a little bit here, but it's it's way smarter to retain your employees than it is to start the process to find a replacement. That's just not the way you want to be going here. Uh, what about like management? Like, so if your manager, you know, you know, there's probably different management styles that people have had mm-hmm. to learn and adjust through the pandemic. Um, you know, some maybe have thrived and some have had some challenges. So has there been a growing amount of just that, hey, I'm, I'm not happy with my manager type of sen- sentiment or? Yes, I think people are expecting um, more out of that relationship. Um, I think the management style of the past was a lot more task focused than people focused. And I think the past year taught us that we can't separate work and life as much as we thought we could. And when we couldn't, it wasn't as bad as we expected, you know, when we showed our human selves to people. So I think leaders need to evolve and be more people focused and set the tone. What does that mean? That means checking in more frequently with employees, checking in at least once a week, checking in not just about tasks, but about how people are doing, showing appreciation, saying thank you, celebrating the whole human. These are all things that managers and leaders can do to be a more people-focused leader and let people know that you care not just about what they do for the organization and what they bring to the table in terms of their expertise and what they do at work, but also that you appreciate them as a fellow human. You know, uh, I think those are the things that will distinguish leaders uh, that can keep their people from pe- from leaders who just can't. Got it. Okay. All of this has an impact on employees, but especially like uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is on the yeah. front and center radar for companies to be thinking about. Um, you know, companies are trying to figure out how to build out a more diverse workforce. So mm-hmm. how is this impacting DEI initiatives? So I think this is going to be a really interesting time for that. So the first thing I want to acknowledge is that We were going through a pandemic over the past year and a half, but Black employees were also going through another pandemic, right, of civil unrest. I think everybody felt that and witnessed that, but it was particularly personal for Black employees. So the bar for psychological safety is higher, right? When things are tough and challenging, um, it requires vulnerability to say, I need a break. I'm not okay. So there's so that's one thing. The other thing that we're seeing in our data is that um, Black employees more than other employees want additional flexibility, right? So that's interesting to consider. And then the last thing I'll point out, according to our data, is that non-white employees are lowest on psychological safety. So the people who need the most to be able to say, hey, you know, Um, I'm experiencing microaggressions or, you know, what's happening with the environment and civil unrest is kind of getting to me. They feel the less safe doing so. Um, It's my fear, actually, that people of color will start to withdraw from the workplace and people in the office will start to get whiter, frankly. Um, And so I think that that's something that we really 
need to keep an eye on and be proactive about moving forward so that doesn't happen. Well, so the, the important piece, and you've kind of given some insights throughout this conversation, is mm -hmm. the turnover piece, right? So what can companies do to reduce this turnover with the great resignation, you know, across all these different issues that you've already discussed as it relates to the data and diversity, yeah. equity, inclusion initiatives? Like, what, what can we do to, to reduce the turnover? Yeah. So again, you know, referring to our data, offering additional flexibility, we're not going to be able to get around that. You know, we've had a taste of the nectar and we want more, right? The other part of it is psychological safety. So according to Google's research on this topic, um, people who are the highest on psychological safety are the least, were the least likely to leave. We found the same thing in our survey recently. Job seekers were significantly lower on psychological safety compared to non-job seekers. So when people don't feel psychologically safe, they leave. So what can you do to improve psychological safety? Again, leaders and managers set the tone and the climate. It's all about checking in with their employees uh, frequently, but also showing appreciation, reinforcing an individual's value to the organization, celebrating the whole human self. The other thing about appreciation and recognition, according to our research, is that it decreases stress. We did this research years ago and found that people who were most recently recognized were the highest on gratitude and the lowest on stress. We replicated that during the pandemic. So what that tells us is that when time gets tough, double down on these behaviors that create psychological safety and also bring the stress level down for people. It's good for the human and it's good for businesses because humans will stay with that business that provides those things. And that appreciation, I mean, everyone wants to be recognized that your job is well done and you're appreciated here and you're a valued employee. But not only does that give a you know positive sentiment to the employee, but also the the managers that are giving it also get, you know, satisfaction and yes. their own personal appreciation from it, right? Yes, yes. We do a lot of research on uh, the benefits of giving and not just the benefits of receiving. And we see that like receiving, giving connects people to each other. I mean, if you think about it conceptually, when you take the time to stop and reflect about what you appreciate about somebody else, it cements that relationship for you, right? And it makes you closer and more connected to that person. And we see that in our research as well. Giving has its own incremental impact on turnover in addition to just receiving. Now, the communication side, like it's def mm -hmm. definitely harder to communicate now because you're not in the office, you're not walking by employees and maybe, you know, you work close to them in a, you know, the office setting. So what can companies do to communicate better with their employees? Like, do you have examples of, of what they can do? Like whether yes. you're a direct manager or the company as a whole? Yes. This is why human centered technology is so especially important right now, because technology is what enables us to communicate and you know connect to each other when we can't physically be in front of each other. And our research bears this out. We did a study with a client looking at the impact of monetary recognition specifically, and we found that people who had recently received monetary recognition um, were the most reported be feeling the most connected to their colleagues. So it's things like, um, appreciating, using technology to do that, 
Um, checking in, also using technology to facilitate that. Um, it's practical things like being on video so that you can see, you know, facial expressions. Um, you know, at Work Human, we do something on my team that is a virtual office hour. So you know that as, at a certain day, at a certain time in the week, that you will be able to find your leader and that that leader will be there waiting for you if you have questions, concerns, or if you just want some company. Another thing that we don't talk about a lot that our research shows is that a third of people in our sample said they were lonely within the past work week. It is so important for us to connect with each other. And are there like things that companies can do to build up that culture around that communication, you know, through Zoom or like what mm -hmm. you know, some companies are starting trying to get together, you know, in a safe environment, of course. Yeah, I would say make it a habit and try to do it in a number of different ways. So the relationship between the manage the manager and their direct report is key and foundational. Make sure that happens once a week and make sure it is a quality check-in. And I like to talk about the generous check-in, which means giving of yourself and you emoting and you being vulnerable because you want to set the tone that your employee can do the same. So there's that one-on-one -on -one interaction. Team meetings, don't forget those. Social time, you know, we used to have those in the office. Um, I just went to a presentation the other day where the speaker was talking about um, these things that we do that um, we consider just team building, like, I don't know, paint by numbers or a cooking class. It unlocks our creative energy and kind of gives us this competency of solving problems creatively. So it made me think about even that a different way. But I would say, you know, think about different and creative ways to connect both one-on-one -on -one and in teams. It's especially important right now. Now, Work Human is, you know, the core of what you do is helping out with all the things that we talked about around communication, appreciation. So can you just talk a little bit more like this is a Work Human plug because we want to just talk yeah. about what you guys do and like how, okay. can that, how can the platform help with some of these issues? Yeah. So again, you know, our platform allows people to thank each other, talk to each other, and celebrate each other, right? So we've been doing that successfully for over two decades. We have over 350 uh, clients. We're in over 100 countries. Every two seconds, there's a moment of recognition on our platform. So lots of companies and lots of users trust us to facilitate their moments. So that's the first part of it. The second part of it is you know, years ago, before I was a work human employee, I was at a company uh, that used the work human product and I got the benefit of the work human experience. And something really interesting happened. Once I got in this habit of appreciating my colleagues, it bled over to my personal life and it actually changed and transformed my personal relationships. Once you make appreciation and gratitude a habit, it not only changes your relationships with your colleagues, but it changes your relationships with everyone around you. And Work Human is especially good at facilitating that. That was perfect. <laughs> well, uh, now just one more talk about VentureFizz. You know, VentureFizz is an employment branding and recruitment platform focused on the tech industry. Again, if you are hiring, which I know most of the companies are out there, you know, we're a simple 
platform to plug and play in terms of getting your company exposure out there. The journey of a job seeker is not linear these days. They go through every nook and cranny to discover companies, jobs, and they are definitely researching what it's like to work at your company. What, what is the culture like? So through our content options, you can tell that story. So, all right, Misha Ann, thanks so much for taking the time. I would say we'd have some Q&A, but we did have some technical difficulties. The good news is this is recorded so that we'll at least get it out there so everyone can watch it. But, uh, you know, we actually ran right up to our 30 minutes. So uh, so it was like a condensed talk in the 30 minutes. So we were able to get it done. But I want to thank you so much for taking the time and sharing all this great advice. Thank you so much for having me. It was my pleasure. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. And catch us again on the next LinkedIn Live. And I'm sure next time we won't have technical issues. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> See Bye, ya. everyone.